The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're brought to you by PixWise. PixWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. Visit PixWise.com to make your next bet better. And we're also brought to you by OddsCrowd. Are you the best football better in the U.S.? Odds Crowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contests. Over $30,000 up for grabs over the season. Go to oddscrowd.com to sign up. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, uh, sitting up here on the northeast coast of uh, beautiful old England, and we are here to take you through all the MLB action as we head towards the playoffs. The division races get sorted, etc. Uh, and we'll make some picks with me to make these picks and to talk all things MLB from Houston, Texas, uh, is Moonaf Manji. Moonaf, they said we couldn't do it. They said we were beat. They said we were bums, Moonaf. <laughs> they said they couldn't, we couldn't pick our nose. And you know what we did? We went back to the well one more time, Moonaf. We studied the numbers. We backed our judgments, Moonaf. That's what we did. And we came up with some picks. And what did those picks do, Moonaf? We went six and oh, that's what those picks did. We're back. We're back, Moonaf. It was never in doubt. (laughs) I had to temper you down a little bit because we had (laughs) back-to-back. We talking me down off a ledge for about two hours. (laughs) We had had back-to-back one in in five weeks, and, and we finally dug ourselves out of the hole. Old news. And uh, uh, Malcolm over here wants some celebration <laughs> music, some confetti popping. And yeah, I was like, like the 4th of July. I had to simmer. I had to simmer him down. I was like, sir, we have back to back one in five weeks. If we put together the if we put together the last three weeks records combined, we're still under 500. But uh, no, it was a good That's week it. for us. Uh, we'll Nobody into- cares. <laughs> well, well, I care. I, I, yeah, okay. I have to I have to I have to keep you. Uh, I have to keep you in check, but uh, no, it was a good okay, week for us. We had, we'll get into it in a second, but uh, we had a little fiasco with you <laughs> before we started the podcast. What are you? Oh, you're going to bring this up now, are you? After we discussed it and we considered maybe not bringing it up, you're going to bring it up. Oh, I had to bring this up. This was too funny for not to bring up. Uh, you you want to talk about it or you want me to talk about it? <laughs> well, I'm not ashamed of talking about it. Spider is what happened, Muna. I just got settled in. I've got to meet. You notice the little old lady's armchair I'm sitting in. Yes. Uh, yes. For some reason, the working from home situation has been moved around, and this this old lady's armchair has turned up in the room. So I'm quite comfy now. As you can see, I'm quite relaxed. And then, just as we were getting started, there was a spider. I want to say maybe eight inches across uh, emerged from under the table. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's um, and yeah, and I jumped three foot in the air like a like a small child. Um, 
And then I asked you if it was okay, if we could delay the podcast <laughs> while I went and fetched my 11-year-old daughter to come and catch the spider uh, and throw it out. So she did catch the spider. She then chased me around the room with the spider for a little while, uh, yeah. like any self-respecting child would do. Um, and she's just disappeared off now. She's, I've seen her at the door like a ghostly spectre behind that glass, and I'm expecting her to come back in and put it down my shirt or something at some point. She's she's like queen of the spiders. She'll actively go and collect them, and then they will just sit with her. she like sit with one on her shoulder and watch the TV and stuff. It's really odd, Moon. I don't know if that's normal behaviour. There's always the the one family member that's not scared <laughs> of like insects or spider. That That's like the... Uh, the cockroach killer of the family. I think you're, yeah. you're, your 11 year old daughter's the uh, savior of the family for that part of it. But uh, if anybody needs clarification, I usually am sitting in the same room when we're recording this, but with Malcolm, I feel like he has like a 10, 10, 10,000 square foot house <laughs> and he's always changing his scenery. So we always think about in, in, in Newcastle or in London that they have these big houses. I'm, I'm going to make an assumption that you have one of those houses. Uh, that is absolutely not true, Munaf. I think I've just sat around the other side of the table, so you've got a different wall tonight. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and you know, the reason I've been chucked into this room is because bloody Love Island's back. I thought there it was we go. finished. I thought it was finished, and tonight it's Love Island at the reunion. Uh, so just when you think it's all gone, they've come back to relive it all. Uh, so I've been uh, I've been launched out um, into the the work from home little office space. Um, so that's what I'm doing. Um, there we go. So yeah, Moon. After it's six and zero, uh, yes. are we going to? Uh, so we'll talk our way through them. Do you want to yeah. kick off? Go ahead and blow your tr- trumpet, sir. I know you've been waiting for this. Go ahead. <laughs> um, to be fair, mine both squeezed over the line. Actually, um, although I was kind of always confident they were going to win, but it was touch and go at various points. Um, my luck on Saturday, um, it wasn't a very fancy price either. It was about minus one eighty. So, I mean, I, yeah, I shouldn't be maybe so proud, but uh, we were in desperate need. I took Tanner Houck uh, of Boston um, against the Indians, um, and there wasn't an awful lot in it. For the second week running, I was sitting, it was, it was. Uh, n- I'm going to say nil-nil. I'm going to say uh, nothing to nothing, no score. Yeah. How would you Americans say it? Yeah. Um, through about seven innings. So, yeah. one week after I'd turned Jesus Lazardo into the world's greatest pitcher, I seem to have done it with... Uh, I can't even remember who was pitching now for Eli Cleveland. Morgan? That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eli Morgan. He yeah. gives up five runs every 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> he just went in and after in and after in and of no run ball. Uh, and then eventually Rafi Devers put them 3 nothing up yep. uh, with a homer. And with two outs at the bottom of the ninth, just as I was taking my uh, victory lap, um, the Indians had a three-run homer of their own and tied it up. And I straight away messaged you just a string of swear words, I think. Um, <laughs> and it went into extras and um, no, Boston they, eventually. They walked it off in the bottom of the ninth. Oh, was it the bottom nine? Sorry. Not, yeah. yeah. Okay. Not bottom 10. What, um, what did yeah, I, you, so you messaged me and what did I tell you? You did confidently predict they would walk it off. You're right. <laughs> um, I think it was with the, the precarious mental state that we were in after picking all these losers, yeah. I was just waiting for something terrible to happen. Uh, but yeah, I think on the balance, uh, the the win was um, the win was deserved. Um, Friday night, my dog also won, which was the Rockies money line yep. over the Braves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antonio Sensatella pitched well. It was a tight game all the way through. Um, the Braves got two one up. The Rockies got three two up. Uh, so it was tight all the way through. But the Rockies hung on um, for a four three win in that one. So yeah, two and two. 
uh, and delight with that Munaf. And then you followed up uh, Rockington Braves, and then you had one uh, this afternoon as well, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I messaged you when your uh, when your uh, dog went on uh, Friday, and I was like, well, this means that the uh, Rockies are going to lose on Saturday because both Scott and I had the same uh, dog yeah. pick this week. So um, uh, I was going to think that, you know, there's no way the Rockies are going to win two in a row, but they got the job done. I think this was more about uh, the hitting for the uh, Colorado Rockies this game than it was the pitching. Uh, you know, Marquez pitched well, but it was really the, the story of the game was the bats, like I mentioned. Uh, two huge errors for the Braves that, you know, really got the runs across for the Rockies. And I think that was kind of the luck factor that, um, I think that we needed, you know, over the, since over the past couple of weeks, it was kind of going against us. So I think the ball finally bounced our way, or at least from myself and Scott. Um, so we had the Rockies money line in that game on Saturday. They got the victory seven to five. And then uh, my lock went off this afternoon, which was the Baltimore Orioles and the New York Yankees over nine and a half. Uh, I'm really surprised that this number was around nine and a half. I was assuming it would be 10. 10 or 10 and a half. But uh, so, as soon as I saw the line open last night, I, I jumped on that nine and a half thinking it moved to 10, but it didn't until it's called game time. We had two bad pitchers, uh, Corey Kluber and Keegan Aiken on the mound. I think the Baltimore Orioles picked up one in the top of the second. And then the uh, Gary Sanchez grand slam came in the bottom of the second. I immediately messaged you then. I think that was a great start. And the game is currently still going on. It's eight to seven now. Baltimore Orioles heading into the bottom of the ninth. So, a, a rocking chair win, um, I think, much so deserved. And then for Scott, his uh, Friday lock was the Mets money line versus the Nationals. Um, this was like this was uh, close to the uh, Scott taking the bite on the bullet because uh, the bullpen blowing up and losing it for us. We usually had that every single week. Uh, Edwin Diaz came in in the bottom of the ninth and uh, gave up. I think no, t- sorry, top of the ninth. But no, yeah, bottom of the ninth, he gave up two runs uh, to send it extra, extra innings, but the Mets scored four in the top of the top of the tenth, and they won the game there. So um, six and zero week for us. Um, I think it was about time after having a couple back to back bad weeks, uh, some pitching changes last week, but um, glad to see us bounce back and and you know some you know baseballs and some luck falling our way. So. Hopefully we can continue that momentum going into next week to start the week of uh, new baseball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been coming. Like I said, the process has been right. Um, just talking about the Mets there against the nationals, that money line bet on Friday. Uh-huh. Um, the, I picked up a little, a little stat that it just occurred to me that I haven't put it in the notes or anything that um, the, the Mets have now played 14 double headers this season. And they're 11 and three in game one of the double headers. Oh. Um, and it looks like they, there were six and seven before today. Um, and they've got another, so they've got another game to go off today. tonight, haven't they? Yeah. I think they play, they play the Nationals five times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 11 and three with that win earlier today and the win that Scott locked up on Friday afternoon. Um, and then, like I say, a fifty-fifty split really, a, a six and seven uh, in the second game. So yeah, that, that's just a, probably a bit of a, a bit of a freak one. Probably no no reason to it. Uh, but if we're chasing, if we're still chasing those red numbers like we always talk about, uh, then yeah, that's a little a little fun trend to follow. Um, it's been a again a, a, a bit of a chalky week, really. Yes. Um, we, we know we've been following the. 
Uh, we were looking at the trend of, of backing all the dogs and on Thursday when we recorded, we only had a sample size of one day, which actually won 500 and something dollars. Uh, so I'm, I've got 54% for the week, 45 and 37, but my return on investment isn't very high. And you've tracked those underdog numbers, Moonaf, and they have taken a bit of a hit this week. Yeah. Um, but if you tell us about the numbers, then I'll give you my theory as to why they might have taken a hit. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, you know, like Malcolm mentioned, uh, September 1st, when we recorded on uh, Thursday, uh, if we had bet every single underdog, uh, you would have been up $511. But, you know, since the past three days, it hasn't been so pretty. Uh, if you're $100 better uh, from Friday, sorry, from Thursday till yesterday, and obviously there's still games going on right now, but September 2nd, if you had bet $100, you would have been down $561. September 3rd, uh, you would have been Friday, which I've been $317. And then yesterday on the 4th, it would have been uh, another $547 that you would have been down. But um, I quickly want to talk about today's games. I know uh, because there's still a lot of games going on, there are still, I think there's quite a few dogs that are going to cash today. I think the biggest one, if the Orioles are able to hang on, is going to be a a price of around two plus, uh, plus. 275 uh for the uh for the baltimore orioles the cleveland indians are another team that were underdog today plus 121 the st louis cardinals close to two to one so a lot of dogs are cashing today um you know i think i think detroit have just detroit won today plus 190 as well so i'll i'll have that number updated when we record again uh early next week uh sorry midweek next weekend I, i think the number for today is going to be a, a quite astonishing number because like we mentioned right now, there's a lot of dogs that are big dogs that are cashing today too. And I see a lot of runs being scored today too. Yeah. There's been some uh, real roller coaster games today. Uh, yeah. Those, those two days of 500 plus dollar losses were sandwiched by the 300 bucks. And I think that was Baltimore that kind of made that. I think they were yeah. plus three something exactly. um, on Friday uh, to beat the Yankees. So they've eaten into that. But um, my theory on it was the uh, the 28 man roster the roster expansion rather than a 40 man roster uh, so they've only had, the teams have only added two men uh, this season where in the past people they, they would just bring up anybody like um mm. you'd get a load of rookies come up especially bullpens um teams would be rolling with sort of 16 deep bullpens and you'd get rookies you'd get a load of gnarly old veterans who were getting uh getting one more little run out in the big leagues, getting their cup of coffee, you know, a little wage packet. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a bit of an MLB tradition. Um, so you used to get all sorts of strange and uh, weird and wonderful things would happen uh, with the 40-man rosters. But I just think maybe is it a little bit more predictable? Um, I mean, obviously, we're only on a, uh, a four-day sample currently. Yeah. So this might well pan out with a plus number by the end of the season. But um, I just, because that might not be the reason, the, the, the roster size and the roster usage might not be the reason uh, that dogs tend to go so well in September. But I did think if there was a reason that that might be it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the, uh, there are teams this season that are, that are just really bad, right? I think the Pirates are a great example. Yes. I, I think in all three games or the games that they play the Cubs this weekend, I believe they were winning in those games. And I think the bullpen, like you mentioned, has kind of blew it up because the arms that are coming up, they're not maybe, you know, big league ready. So I, those are really 
really what's killing some of these dogs. Um, I believe yesterday was I, I uh, was when the, I think the Orioles had one when you mentioned there were about three to one price or greater than that. Um, and the Pirates were another one that were up. So it only kind of takes one game yeah. for you to turn from having a, a day in the red to being in the black. And I think absolutely. And if you're getting some of these dogs that are plus 150, plus 175, all the way up to plus 200, it really just takes one or two or maybe even three dogs for you to cash at a big price to have a profitable day over games where we're having, you know, 13, 14, 15 games a day. So something to keep in mind. And I just see the Orioles just uh, won uh, against the Yankees. So I think they were plus uh, close to plus 300 dog in back to back days. So uh, there you go. Lovely work. Yeah, we'll yep. definitely keep an eye on that, see how that pans out over the next few weeks. Um, into the week's news, and it's been relatively quiet. It's kind of all on the field, uh, which is kind of where you'd expect it to be mm. uh, this time of the year. Uh, first up, we'll talk about the Dodgers and Giants, because it was a series we were looking forward to. Interesting to see uh, if the Dodgers were eventually going to turn the screw on San Francisco. Uh, but with the game left to go tonight, it's one and one. Kind of what we expected, actually, Moonaf. Um Yeah. But game one was an absolute beauty. Like uh, I only caught up the extended highlights, mm-hmm. um, but it seemed to have absolutely everything. Yeah, we we knew. I think that it was going to be really difficult for one of these teams to get a sweep uh, because I mean these two teams are just really good. And I think the Friday game was a more exciting one. Uh, I believe the Dodgers won that one. Correct. Let me That's, see. No, the Giants. No, the fr- Friday the Giants walked yeah, they won off three on to the, two. Uh, yeah. On a fielding error down at the bottom of the 11th. Yeah, you're right. And then yesterday, I think that's when the Dodgers won the game. And then tonight, they have Walker Bueller on the mound um, going up against one of their, I believe it's a bullpen guy, uh, Dom- Dominic Leon. So it'll be fun to watch tonight. Um, I think that's another big price where, you know, again, you might want to just take the dog blindly here because um, I feel like the public's going to be all over the Dodgers and uh, it'll be interesting to see. So, um I, again, like we've mentioned that this is going to be a battle that's going to go down to the final week of the season. Um, they're just the talent for the Dodgers is going to be obviously it's best in the league, but then this giant team, they're just a scrappy bunch. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to watch it because it'll give us something to keep an eye on. And for us, uh, for, for us to have something to talk about also. Yeah. So uh, interesting to see how that goes tonight. Um, the Red Sox moon off your team um, back in the wild card positions, giving themselves a great chance. Um, obviously, as as we speak, they are they look like they're going to get beat yeah. uh, off Cleveland. They're eleven. Oh, sorry, they have just lost. Actually, yeah, they've they lost did. eleven to five. Uh, but before that, a little a little win streak of four has uh, leapfrogged them back into the uh, wild card spot. So a uh, mm-hmm. bit of a bit of a roller coaster still for for Boston. They're either on a losing streak or a winning streak. There's no uh, win one, lose one. It's exciting. It is, uh, you know, they're still dealing with a whole bunch of COVID situations uh, within the locker room and a lot of guys and coaches being in and out of the lineup. Uh, they're having to throw out guys that are in their, in their, in their farm system or in their minor leagues. I think that was the issue today with uh, Nick Pavetta was of the start, but he got pulled because he tested positive and they called up a guy that was in their minor league system who went out and had to pitch in his first league and the Indians jumped on, uh, on him early. So Hopefully they're able to get past this, you know, situation going on with the outbreak in their locker room. Uh, I know they are one of the more lower vaccinated uh, teams in the MLB, 
we don't want to get political on the show or whatever, but um, it kind of just to kind of talk about the betting perspective. And I mean, if you have those winning streaks of, you know, winning four or five in a row or seven out of 10 or eight out of 10, that's really going to be the difference as we kind of wind down the season, because now most of these teams have played around 135, 130 games, close to 140 games with only about 20, 22 games left. And it's going to be, you know, every win is going to matter if you're going to win or get a wild card spot. And I think one team that really poo-pooed themselves was going to be the Yankees this weekend, right? Because they just yeah. lost two out of three to the Orioles. And now I believe they play the Dodgers this weekend or start, sorry, to start the week. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how this positioning kind of goes, but hopefully the Red Sox are able to uh, stay in that wild card spot because the Rays come into town uh, starting uh, tomorrow. Yeah, the uh, the Yankees didn't hadn't left themselves much room for maneuver. Unfortunately, that was the the uh, tightrope that they were walking, and they've kind of fallen off um, yeah. a little bit um, this weekend. Um, Oakland A's moon off uh, that division eventually has gone the way we thought it would. Houston have opened up that gap, um, but I was listening to their game last night. I was driving mm-hmm. uh, to work, and just the. The, a couple of stats that really surprised me. So it was it was a run of the last twelve games. So this was up to yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, the A's bullpen had pitched to a seven point zero seven ERA, wow. and had blown seven save opportunities uh, in the la- in those twelve games. Uh, and that's absolutely amazing. Like I mean, seven seven blown saves uh, in twelve games is is a hell of a stat. That is crazy, right? And and. I think for a long time, the bulk, the strength of this team has really been their bullpen. And, and for them to kind of, they, I, they got swept by the Blue Jays. And I mean, if you take a look at what the Blue Jays did offensively in this series, they scored eight today. They had 10 yesterday and 11 on, uh, on Friday. They scored, what, 20 to 20, 29 runs in the series to 18 runs to the Oakland A's. And like you mentioned, it's been the bullpen. So if you don't have a strong bullpen, it's going to be tough for you to win games. And we're not, both of us, I, I don't think we're sold on their starting pitching either. I mean, they have guys that are respectable, but I, I, at this point, it seems like they're missing Chris Bassett in that, in that rotation because he was their best pitcher. He's dealing with the, uh, the uh, injury to, he had to his face on that comeback or uh, I believe it was against yeah. the White Sox or I forgot who it was, but um, yeah, it's tough to see for the Oakland A's. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Sergio Romo gave up a grand slam the other day yeah. in a little five minutes. That I, was, I can't believe that I guy's think, on the roster right now. I really <laughs> Sergio don't. Romo. He yeah. tends to, he seems to follow me around. He always, without me putting him on there, ends up on one of my fantasy teams. I don't know how. I must have signed an agreement somewhere where um, Sergio Romo just sneaks into the back end of any fantasy team that I have. Um, yeah, Diekman's been uh, given up. I think Lou Trevino's been carrying a bit of a knock because he's normally quite steady. But yeah, that was just uh, seven blown saves, and that is going to that is going to cost anybody. And actually, Seattle have moved into second place. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Which we yeah we certainly wouldn't have predicted even yeah. this time last week, probably. Yeah, and then now Seattle is coming into Houston to start the week. So I know we're going to get to the weekend series later before we make our picks, but. Um, it, it's going to be this next week is going to be very, very interesting for a lot of these teams that are uh, fighting for playoff position. So, you know, the Yankees and the A's are, are the culprits this week. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe the Blue Jays are able to get hot at the right time here. And maybe who knows? They, they're able to sneak into a playoff spot if the uh, Red Sox can't get it together or, or the Yankees keep faltering. Um, Blue Jays moon off. We'll uh, nice little segue. You'd think yeah. this was thrown together this show. Um, <laughs> one of my little sweats. We know that Marshall Hiotani uh, ticket uh, yeah. thirty three to one. I believe is looking 
pretty much home and host. Um, Look at horse that. racing, Tim. Yeah, but um, Robbie Ray, the strikeout king, uh, mm-hmm. forty to one. Um, he's thrown nine strikeouts tonight, Munaf. Um, last week he was chasing down uh, Wheeler, I think it was. Um, yeah. He's caught Wheeler, and now he's <laughs> he's four behind Garrett Cole. So um, yeah, he's uh, I think it's two fifteen to two eleven or something like that. Um, so he's four behind now, Munaf, uh, gathering up ahead of steam. So uh, sweating this again. It's not much. It's a fiver. Uh, but five are on show here, five are on Robbie Ray. There's, there's 400, 400 quid there somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hoping Robbie Ray in his tight pants can uh, can keep striking <laughs> these batters out for me. He's a le- he's lefty, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that automatically sometimes gives you an advantage because uh, you're a left-handed pitcher. Uh, but he's having a pretty good season. I mean, you kind of just look at his numbers, 11 and 5, uh, 21 quality starts, a 2.60 ERA. Uh, like you mentioned, the strikeouts uh, are high. Uh, his his The home runs that he's given up are a little higher. He's given up 25. But um, definitely a guy that you know, hopefully he's able to stay consistent because we talked about how the Blue Jays need uh, quality pitching in their rotation because they have such a great uh, batting lineup when they're healthy. But Robbie Ray, I think that ticket's looking really, really good for you. Hopefully, he's able to keep it up and uh, track Garrett Cole down. He does give up home runs, but the yeah. issue this year has been they've only been solos. Now, Robbie yeah, Ray always walked yeah. batters. So, yeah. a home run would be a three-run homer, right. uh, a two-run homer, a grand slam. And this year, it just hasn't been. When they came into spring training, you can play spring training bingo with uh, he's in the best shape of his life. Um, he's really working on his command, things like, things like that that people talk about. 100%. Just cliches. And Robbie Ray was working on his command. Well, he should be. Um, and then all of a sudden, bang, new picture, like absolute new picture. So, yeah. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. Anyway, that's going to be fun because he's really, I think he missed a lot of time. Or not a lot. He missed enough time, really. Uh, he could be 25 or 30 clear in that race uh, if he hadn't missed those starts. Yeah. Um, and finally, Moonaf, before we move on, quiz mm. time. You do oh. enjoy a quiz, don't you? Yeah. It's been go. a little while. I hope you haven't. Uh, Come across what I'm gonna what I'm gonna hit you with now. Um, what I'm gonna do, Moonaf, is mm-hmm. I'm just gonna read you out some names. I'm gonna give you some names one at a time. Okay. Uh, and you need to tell me what these people have in common. And okay. we'll get further down the list. Maybe it becomes more apparent. You okay with that? Sure. Okay. Uh, if you have heard of it, it's just gonna ruin the quiz. So you might even have to pretend you haven't. So no, <laughs> name number one on the list, Moonaf. Uh-huh. It's Dietrich Enns. Dietrich Enns. What okay. are you telling me? Anything? Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Okay. We'll add Dietrich Enns. We will add Evan Phillips. Nothing yet. Still nothing. Okay. No. Uh, Moonaf, does the name Ryan Sheriff mean anything to you in Some... connection with those other two? God, sounds familiar, but uh, no, nothing yet. Still Keep nothing. Going. Okay. No. Three down. You get you get one dollar gets knocked off your prize every time you don't get this now. Okay. Um, so next up, Chris Mazza with a double Z might be okay. Max. Chris Mazza, I've heard of for sure. Okay. Now I know he's a pitcher, and yeah, I know this name because he was with I believe he was with the Red Sox before. Ah. Um. Are you telling me? Oh God, I don't even know where to go with this. Um. What was the other names you said? <laughs> what was the name, previous name you said? Dietrich Enns. Okay. Evan Phillips. Mm. Ryan Sheriff. So Ryan Sheriff sounds familiar. God. 
Um, if you have heard of this, Moonaf, you should deserve an Oscar because you, you're really hamming this up for the uh, listeners. This is great stuff. Uh, it, it, I know he was with the Red Sox. I think he had a thing with the Rays. Uh, did they all pitch for the Rays? I don't know. That's my only guess I can come up with. That is not the correct answer, Moonaf, so I'm going to keep going. Okay. Uh, Trevor Richards. Trevor Richards sounds familiar, too. <laughs> Well, uh, it's quite a common name. Like, there's probably five living your street. Well, they're all. <laughs> um, I have no idea where you're going with this. They all sound like pictures of me. They're all pictures, obviously. All right, uh, I'll keep you shout when you know then. Matt Whistler. Nothing. Colin McHugh. Colin McHugh. Yeah, I know Colin McHugh. Uh, uh, yeah, he played for Houston, didn't he? Yeah, he, he's with the Rays. I think these all guys pitched for the Rays. That's uh, they've all answer. pitched for the Rays. I'm going to need more Moonaf. You're in the right uh, avenue. You're in the right ballpark. They Josh all, Fleming. Uh, Chris Fleming. Jeffrey yeah, all, Springs. All race pitchers. I don't know. I give up. you got to give me the answer. The answer is, Moonaf, along with Diego Castillo, Andrew Kittredge, Pete Fairbanks, JP Verizon. All they've all pitchers. had saves this season. They are uh, the 13 race pitchers that have had saves, Moonaf. You fail. At least I got the team right. You got to give me credit for that. Well, I don't really. <laughs> yeah, 13 saves. What do you but think? They don't, so you're telling me they don't have a true closer then? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, they well, well, they've got 13 uh, true closers. One or the other. It's a, okay. uh, broker, it's a new record ever since uh, saves were introduced as a, as a counting number, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. was in 1969, I believe, Muna. Mm-hmm. Um, the... They've broken their own record, obviously, because they're the only team who go about it. Um, but last season, they had the record with 12, and now they've gone and broken it with 13. And oh. I still think they've got more to come, according to the, the little the thing I was reading today. Um, Diego San Castillo, they picked up at the trade deadline, right? Because they let some, they traded one of their pitchers or one of their bullpen guys. I believe he should be their closing pitcher right now, but I know he... That was a name that I think we had discussed that they had picked up at yeah. the trade deadline. Yeah, well, yeah, he's sitting on 14, which is far and away the most, uh, because Kittridge is beneath him on six. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, they've used 34 pitches this season. Wow. Um, and, so, yeah, 13 different saves. So, yeah, um, you fail anyway, Moon after the uh, I think that's probably round about five nothing to me in quizzes that we've had. Um uh... That's it's okay. Yeah. I'll give myself credit because I got the team right. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll uh yeah, well, it wasn't a bad effort. Um okay. if if you're ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players and sports. From NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download Bet and Win. Visit wynnbet.com or download the WinBet app to start winning. Right, Moonaf, where are we going next? So, as discussed last week, um, our divisional little analysis and things have kind of run the course. Um, So what I fetched out this week, Moonaf, is Uh uh, we did a pre-season podcast 
Yes. With uh, Will Moorman came on and Sean, much to his delight, sat there for the entire 90 minutes and just uh, sort of... Oh, no, 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 no. He just didn't sit there. Uh, Sorry to interrupt you, but I remember clearly that he said that the Marlins were going to have a great bullpen this year. That's the one thing that I remember that stuck out to me. And that's what I knew that he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> he made an outrageous statement like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he just sat and sort of stared at the clouds for two hours. Uh, sure Sean and Ryan both came on. Um, but we went through the divisions and as as well as divisional picks and yep. player props and World Series, we picked some over-unders for the season. Sure did. Uh, so I thought we could uh, have a little look at those and see with around about 27 games left, how close we are to landing those, uh, if we've got any sweats or if we, uh, we were horribly right or horribly wrong um, on anything. And as we go through, we'll obviously uh, it'll give us calls to talk about any teams that crop up. Yeah. Um, so I've got my little notes in front of me now, Moonaf. Sure. Um, and the first one to talk about is your Boston Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had the line at 80 and a half games. We took the over. Yeah. Um, and they are sitting on 79 and 59, Moona. Uh, so unless they lose 20, 25 straight, um, <laughs> we've got a we've got a dub in the bag. And um, I think we, we had the our number, which we we just, I mean, I say our number. We weren't doing all the heavy lifting statistically. Sure. Uh, I don't think we're fooling anyone, Moon, uh, who's mm-hmm. listened to this pod long enough. Um, but you look at three or four different projection systems, plus you put your gut feel into it and you handicap yeah. it. And I think we, we, we maybe had them round about 85 games. We thought that 80 was low. So we were even low. They've had a good season uh, and they're going to blitz that uh, 80.5 total, Moon. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little more uh, skeptical about the Red Sox coming into the season just because their pitching wasn't uh, going to be there, right? They really didn't, or at least their starting pitching, they didn't really do anything to address that. Um, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the season that Chris Sale wasn't going to be back till at least after the All-Star break, maybe a month after that. And I think that that came true because he was coming off a major surgery. Um, but again, they had a great first half of the season uh, before the trade deadline and, and before the All-Star break. And um, Nathan Avaldi, I think that's a guy that you had mentioned plenty of times. He, he's had a pretty good season for the Red Sox. Um, some of their other pitchers, you know, Martin Perez, Nick Pavetta, uh, Garrett Richards, early, very early on was doing well for them. He kind of fell off and came back down to earth. Um, and I think the more of the more story was that their bats were going to be doing really well for them. And guys like, you know, JD Martinez, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogards on this, uh, on this roster, uh, Alex Verdugo, a big, a big contribution this season from him has really kind of carried them. Um, uh, and then early on, I think they were winning. I think they had the most win, uh, most comfort behind wins. And I think that's really propelled them to get off to that hot start. But uh, in the second half of the season, they kind of felt fell off, um, lost a division lead. But like we mentioned earlier, they're still in the uh, hunt for the AO wild card uh, spot. I think believe they have now a three and a half or four game lead. Now they lost today, but um, and I've said this all season long is that they. I think the biggest thing for them was getting Alex Cora back as a manager. And uh, you know, last season when he was were serving the suspension, um, you know, they weren't doing so well. So having Alex Cora familiar with the players and the organization and how he kind of runs thing. I think it is going to, it was, has been one of the biggest factors for me for this Red Sox team. And they have six games left against the Orioles and three against the Washington Nationals. So uh, I'm sure they can pick up uh, two more wins for us uh, from, from those nine games, at least. 
Yeah, so, um, yeah, that one's going to go over. How I've, I've ranked these, Moon, I think we've got 10. There was 10 we picked. Okay. Um, so definite wins, definite losses. Uh, somewhere we've got a slight advantage and then there's, uh, we've got photo finishes. Uh, so we can we can compartmentalise all of these. Uh, second up with the AL Central, we had two picks here. First one was Chicago White Sox. Uh, we went under the total of 91 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, they are 79 and 57. Okay. So with 26 games left, they need 13 wins. So they need to play 500 ball. Uh, so I filed this one away under photo finish, Munaf. Uh, but the White Sox have been good. Uh, and the books got this line just about spot on. Uh, they're going to finish somewhere around 91, 92. Yeah, I think, uh, like you mentioned, this is going to be a, a photo photo finish. Right now, like you mentioned, what, they need 13 wins. They have 79. Um, they have... The 13th easiest, no, fifth, 13th or 15th easiest schedule remaining. And again, that's spot on with what the bookmakers were saying, right? They do have games against, they have three left against the Red Sox, three against the A's, Indians, Angels. The easiest opponents they have is six against the Tigers and three against the Rangers. Now those Tigers, uh, we've talked about them is that they're not really laying down. Like today they got the victory against the Rays. They were in the series all all season or all series long this weekend against the uh, red. So they're going to be competing um, early on. I think this might have been one that we had chalked up as a loss, but the injuries that they had early on, I think maybe what's kind of, you know, put this as a photo finish for them. If all their guys were healthy, I don't think we would be talking about that. This would be a photo finish, but uh, definitely was something to keep an eye on for sure. Seven left against the blue Jays. That's going to be a fun series. Yeah, I think um, the week we recorded that preseason, might have even been the day or round about there, mm-hmm. um, was the week Eloy had got injured uh, when he'd torn his peck and looked like he was going to miss round about two-thirds of the season, uh, which really prompted us to take the under on that 91-and-a-half. Um, so, yeah, not much in that. The second one was uh, Kansas City. Um, we took the over on 71-and-a-half games. Uh, they're 60 and 75. So they've got 27 games left. They need 12 wins. Um, so I'll put this down as a slight advantage to us, but mm-hmm. I think that might be a bit generous, actually. This could be photo finish territory. Um, they, they need to go 12 and 15, which is round about where they've been all season, um, to get us over that line at 71 and a half moon off. So another, another great line from the books, uh, but another, uh, another team that we've given ourselves a chance of winning with. And, um, while we're on the subject of Kansas City, um, Perez is just going absolutely crazy at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Salvador Perez last week and how great of a season he's having for 40-plus home runs now for him, and he's still 31 years old. Um, this is going to be an interesting one because right now, as of today, the Kansas City Royals have the third easiest schedule remaining. They have three against the Mariners, three against the A's, seven against the Indians, which are their toughest, toughest opponents. But then they have four against the Orioles, six against the Twins, and three against the Tigers. So um, that is something that I, I think will get over the line for us. I, I, you know, they seem like they're not laying down. They have a lot of veterans on this team. So um, and when you have you know third, twelve games against those three opponents, I think this is going to be one that may get over the line for us. Uh, next up to the AL West, uh, first team was Oakland, where we took the under at eighty-seven and a half. Uh, now they're 74 and 62. So with 26 left, um, they need to win 14 uh, to bust us. 14 of 26. Now we've already mentioned the 
bullpen keeps blowing up. Uh, so this one I've put in the photo finish box uh, again, Moon. I've 13 and 13. Uh, we'll see us win by half a game. So if they play 500 ball, uh, we win this one by half a game. Where do you think they'll do? You think they'll get it done? This is what you said. They're Reds. Auckland. Auckland, Auckland was a minus eighty-seven and a half. Moon. Yeah. Uh, God, this is going to be a tough one because, uh, man, they had such an opportunity this weekend and they got swept. But if you take a look at the Oakland A's, they have the seventh hardest schedule remaining, and and they have six like they have six games left against the Astros, three against the White Sox. Um, Mariners, they have seven, and the Angels, they have again three left. I don't know why this website. I mean, I'm looking at the strength of schedule. Why they have the Angels as a tough and a tough, tough opponent, <laughs> but they're not. And and I mean, I don't well, know. One of think... our trends for September was the Angels against plus five hundred teams. They just can't win. Yeah, and I think this is going to be opportunity for the A's where uh, this is going to be interesting because their easy opponents are the Rangers and the Royals, which are three games each. If they're able to figure out their bullpen issues, um, I think within this next two weeks, I think we'll have our answer on the A's because yeah. they've really faltered out of the uh, AL wild card race. And you know, now that the pitching is really struggling un- until they get Chris Bassett back, which is probably your ace, if not your ace of this rotation, it's going to be tough for Oakland to win games. So um, as much as we continue to want them to lose um, because we have the Astros to win this division at a plus price, um, it, I I I have a feeling that the A's they'll get it they'll get it over the over the line for us. Uh, this just too yeah, much we we, we had the under on this one moving off the eight, oh, under off. Oh yeah, we had the lose. under. Oh yeah, yeah. I well, mean, when you have six games against the Astros, they're gonna lose all six of those. <laughs> you know, you have the Mariners seven. Uh, they probably lose five out of those, and then we need the Royals to win three. Uh, we need Royals to get over the line for us, right? So they have three against yeah. or a Royals. Uh, they'll lose all three of those, so there you go. So the the Royals beat the Athletics. That just as a favour on both counts. That could uh, that could cash us two tickets. Moon. Yeah. Uh, the next one is our first Stone Cold loss of the season. Uh, we took the over on Texas. Uh, it's sixty seven and a half. Uh, they've currently won forty seven games. So of the remaining twenty seven, they would need to win twenty one. Uh, that's not going to happen. So that's a big fat L. Uh, we yeah. don't need to dwell on Texas. They've been absolutely horrific. Uh, so we're moving to the National League. Um, okay. Atlanta was our first pick here in the NL East. Um, under on the total, 91 and a half. Um, they've got 27 games left and they would need to win 21 of them uh, to cash that. Um, so that's a, that's an absolute stone cold W. That's a, that's a win. Uh, they're 71 and 64. And as we say over the last two or three weeks, Munaf, it's the division nobody wants to win. Uh, the Mets have kept me alive over this weekend by... Nearly sweeping the Nationals, sort of four, yeah. four from four, I think, currently with the game to go off tonight. Yeah, for the uh, Atlanta Braves, I mean, they have the fifth easiest schedule remaining, but it, it, their tough opponents are also three against the Giants, four against the Padres, and then it's pretty much in their division, three Phillies, three against the Mets. Um, you know, this Atlanta team, Again, dealing with a lot of injuries, right? We talked about how they were supposed to get Mike Sirocco back, uh, but they didn't get him. Uh, they lost, obviously, Ronald Acuna Jr. for the season. Um, so, you know, they did a great job at the trade deadline, but we keep on saying that nobody wants to win this division and they're not winning games. So I think this is going to be a, a, a slam dunk win for us for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think the next one is our is our other slam dunk win as well, Munaf, in the NL Central with St. Louis. Uh, under 86 and a half games, they are 69 and 65, meaning with 28 games remaining, they'd need to win 18. They'd need to go 18 and 8. Um, they're not going to do that, Munaf. I think no. this is a dub as well. Yeah, third hardest schedule remaining uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. They have four against the... So between uh, the Brewers... Sorry, the, yeah, the Brewers and the Dodgers, they have 12 games against those two teams, and eight of them are against the uh, the Brewers. So, um, you know, they have a lot of division games left. They still have the Reds. The easiest opponents left are, are the Cubs, and the Cubs are still they're, – they're, they're still finding ways to win against, you know, some of these, uh, these teams. So, uh, yeah, with the third hardest remaining schedule – Call that a slam dunk for us for sure. Knocked it out of the park with that one. Yeah, well, uh, this next one was a, was another big L, I reckon. Uh, Cincinnati Reds, mm-hmm. um, under 81 and a half. Uh, they are 73 and 64. So with 25 left, they only need to win nine. Um, and the, yeah, I think the Reds will do that to give us the L Munaf. Yeah, they have exactly nine games left against the Pirates. So, uh, oh, there you go. That'll yeah, do it. Yeah, nine against the Pir- Pirates, four against the Nationals, and three against the Cubs. So, uh, I, between those 16 games, yeah, I'm sure there'll be the scrap up eight wins. Uh, easiest well, schedule remaining. We could do with the Pirates doing us a favor, Moon because our next prop was Pittsburgh. Um, over 57 and a half. These, these bum teams were just so low. I think we took the over on all of them. Um, but they're 48 and 88, so they've got 26 games remaining, and they'd need to win 10, which isn't beyond the realms of possibility. Uh, 10 from 26 to give us a win, Moon What are you telling me? Well, if they're able to hold on tonight or, or today, they have an eight-seven lead over the Cubs. So that, if let's just say we'll go and assume they win the game, that'll put us down to nine, nine more. Yep, nine more. So they have three left against the Nationals, three against the Marlins, four against the Cubs, and three against the Tigers. Okay, so yeah, what, they can get nine there, man. Yeah, thirteen, uh, thirteen against some of those teams. Thirteen against those four teams. And then they still have nine games against the Reds and four against the Phillies. And we know the Phillies are not a consistent team. So um, I, I think they'll find a way to get it done. Some of their young pitchers kind of coming up, we've talked about, uh, they, they find ways to win games. And I think uh, they're a scrappy bunch. Their offense is good. It's just if they're going to be able to pitch. And we're not asking them to win 16 out of 26. Let's just say they win today. That's only going to be nine games left out of 25. Nine so, from 25 that yeah, need to go. Definitely yeah. in the realm of possibility for the Pirates. Excellent. Yeah, we'll, we've put that in the photo finish category. Uh, yeah. Our final one, Munaf, is the NL West mm-hmm. and the Dodgers. Uh, we took the under on 102 and a half games, mainly because we thought the Padres would take quite a lot from them well it yeah. hasn't worked out that way um and the giants have actually proved to be their uh their competition there but they're 86 and 50 mm-hmm. so with 26 games left they need 17 wins they need to go 17 and 9 moon off um i marked this down as us having a slight advantage uh but there's not much in this at all is it yeah, this is going to, I think we talked about that when we were talking about last week that the Fangraphs had uh, both the Giants and the Dodgers finishing with 102 wins. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, if you kind of look at their schedule uh, or remaining opponents, the easiest opponents to have remaining are six against the Diamondbacks, who we've mentioned and we've backed a couple of times over the past several weeks with some of our picks. 
Uh, they're not laying down either. The Rockies, if that, if that, if those three games are in a Coors Field, we know that the Rockies are one of the best home teams uh, in the uh, National League. And after that, their tough opponents are they have one tonight against the Giants, and then three against the Brewers, six against the Padres, three against the Reds, and four against the Cardinals. So, uh, yeah, I think this one you're right that it's probably going to end up as a photo finish for the uh, Dodgers uh, win total that we predicted. So yeah, so from the the ten, the ten that we picked out, the we got three three wins, okay, uh, three definite wins, two definite losses, uh, and then we've got five, yeah, five that are hanging in the balance. A couple I think are leaning in our favour. So um, hopefully we can get at least six and four, maybe seven and three would be a great would be a great finish because uh, I mean it's it is a grind. You need a, you need a crystal ball and you need uh, you need a little pot and a little fund to be able to take these season futures, especially in MLB, where it's a it's a long wait to see results. Um, but it's been good. I, I actually quite enjoyed look, going through my uh, notes this afternoon. Um, and maybe on Thursday night, we can look at some of the other uh, divisional picks and stuff, because yeah. there's been some great picks. Like, uh, like I said, the Shohei Otani and the Robbie Ray pick, you, you find some gems, and there's been some absolute stinkers as well. Um, so we'll have a little look if we're sweating any, any uh, other divisional picks and things like that, uh, possibly on Thursday night. 100%. Uh, we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available. Browse the activity feed to stay in the know, a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash and much more. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. When making your bets, always make sure to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. PicksWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks, props and parlays, helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics, giving you the who, how and why behind every prediction. For every game, every day and every sport, all for free, visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. PicksWise backs responsible gambling. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Turn your picks into real cash prizes with Prize Picks, my favourite daily fantasy app. It's fast and easy. It all starts with Prize Picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they'll go over or under their stat projection. The more you pick, the more you win. Up to 10 times your money. Prize Picks is the only way to play. Use promo code SGP to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That's Prize Picks promo code SGP. The summer of soccer continues on Paramount Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart pounding drama from CBS Sports, including UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italy, Serie A, Argentina's Primera División, the Brasileira AO, NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation, and the CONCACAF qualifiers featuring the stars from the US and Mexican men's national teams. It's the best of the beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapino and Pulisic. Be part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. Visit ParamountPlus.com to start your free trial 
and stream every match live. Munaf, while we're on the subject of the football, have you seen what's going on tonight in South America as we speak? Uh, I saw an alert on my phone, something about Brazil and Argentina getting postponed or cancelled. Or is that what you're referring to? Yeah, absolutely. So Brazil and Argentina, as you know, is one of the biggest games in world football. Uh, it's a Latin American thing, so it's obviously quite highly strung. It's feisty. They're not traditionally uh, big fans of each other. Uh, yeah. And it's a big game. So the game mm. has... The game kicked off... Um, Argentina have four players playing. They were based in England. Two play for Tottenham, uh, two play for Aston Villa. Um, oh. And obviously, they have to quarantine. There's certain rules, red list countries. Um, if you're travelling, you have to quarantine. And Argentina, by all accounts, had passed all the tests. Um, and the four players from Britain had passed all the tests. Six minutes into the game, a load of Brazilian officials come onto the pitch uh-huh. and decide that these Argentinians had no business being there and were trying to put them on an aeroplane and just fly them straight out. In the middle of the match, like, how, how does the game get to kick off? <laughs> and then these Brazilian officials just emerge from the tunnel and say, no, you're not playing anymore. We believe these four people are addled with COVID. Uh, we think you falsified the paperwork and we're not letting this go any further. Um, absolutely baffling. I mean, that, that could only happen. Uh, in South American football, like absolutely crazy stuff. Yeah, you're right. That can only happen in South. I mean, that's kind of head scratching. I mean, what do they have fans there? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I would have been throwing a ride if I was there for sure. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. I'm sorry, I'm kind of distracted because I'm watching. I heard this. you make a noise, mood. I thought it was that noise. Yeah, Ben Ben Gamble of the Pirates in left field probably just made the catch of the of the year. I'll have to send you a clip uh, once it gets posted on on Twitter, but that was an amazing catch. He was head first diving off a Wilson Contreras screamer off his bat. But uh, yeah, that's what I was owing about. But yeah, back to your point about, yeah, that's, I saw the alert on my phone. I just didn't, uh, I didn't look into it, but that's kind of crazy. I think that, I don't know. I think that's something that I have to read up upon, but I would, if I was a fan or even a player, I would be kind of pissed off or upset about that uh, happening. That's yeah. kind of crazy. I think the Argentinians, South America, right? Absolutely. The Argentinians took exception uh, and all sort of headed down the tunnel. And the Brazilians are just wandering around the pitch, scratching their heads, Neymar, etc. Uh, and not knowing what's going on. They gave, they, they gave six minutes old and uh, and these officials burst onto the pitch and call a halt to everything. Was Messi all playing? very strange. Sorry, what? Was Messi playing? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, Messi and Neymar, who are now obviously teammates at PSG. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've no that's idea nuts. what's going on there at Unbelievable. all. Um, that's the sort of thing you might expect, a bit of match-fixing maybe. If Argentina were 2-0 up, uh, then they've got a team of doctors ready to burst onto the field to get the game abandoned. Uh, yeah. But certainly not 0-0 after six minutes. Um, back to the baseball, Munaf. We have digressed. Um, <laughs> so, series for the early part of the week. Uh, you mentioned a couple early on. Actually, before we do that, we, we, um, we broke down a couple of games. Uh, didn't we from from this oh, weekend yeah. series? Um, pitching changes, uh, unfortunately, uh, in the game I did the Dodgers Giants. Yeah, which was meant to be David Price. David Price Correct. ended up going to the IL again. Yeah. Um. So we'd taken the over, I think, but with a pitching change, I'm happy to to wriggle out a bit. And then the Astros Padres. Um. Talk us through what happened. It was a it was a it was a pitching duel that we didn't expect. Yeah, this turned into I, I I picked the under in this game and I handicapped. This was a uh, Joe uh, Musgrove versus uh, Framber Valdez. 
Um, this was kind of over before we even started. The over-under came out at a seven and a half. And by the end of the second inning, the Padres are up four to two. It seemed like you had a chance because they went scoreless in the next four innings. Um, but then I think in the bottom of the seventh, the Padres scored four runs. I think Manny Machado hit a screamer for 453 feet to uh, dead center field. Uh, and that put it over the uh, total. And then uh, Will Myers added another one in the bottom of the seventh. And then Fernando Tatis Jr. homered in the bottom of the ninth for the Padres. So, um, yeah, that, this was a uh, – I did bet this game. And, and when I saw the score in the bottom of the second, I knew this game was going to lose for sure. But uh, uh, the numbers all made sense, you know, especially when we're looking at the splits for both of those pitchers. Um, but you know, the bats just got hot for the Padres, uh, in this game and, you know, you, you, uh, lose a little bit of money there, but doesn't change the fact that we went six to zero this week on our official. Uh, yes. <laughs> we haven't mentioned that for ages, Bruno. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have a massive cigar and put a party hat on when we get off here. I don't feel like you've been nearly excited enough. Um, so this week, um, yeah. but the Padres, by the way, just feel like they've annoyed me all season. I just can't bet on them. They've been so flaky. Uh, mm-hmm. They've lost in all the positions they're meant to win in. Uh, they've won in the positions they're meant to lose in. Um, the bats go cold when they're meant to be hot. You pick them for an under, like you say, and they hit 10 runs. You Darvish has single-handedly dismantled most of my fantasy season. Uh, so the Padres are definitely on the naughty step for me. Um, early part of this week, Munaf, what series caught your eye? Yeah, I think we mentioned earlier that the Red Sox and the Rays are going to square off at Fenway Park. Uh, Chris Sale and Ryan Yarbrough are going to kick it off tomorrow. Um, Something I do want to mention uh, when we get to the picks about tomorrow's games, Um, but uh, for the conversation right now, yeah, Red Sox Rays, we have Blue Jays and the Yankees uh, starting off this week. And then I think uh, the other one was, uh, I believe it was the Phillies and the Brewers was the other one. Uh, Really good matchup starting tomorrow. Zach Wheeler versus Brandon Woodruff. That's going to be a fun one to see. So Uh, yeah, a lot of these teams are uh, in that, again, playoff contention. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Also, Washington goes into Atlanta. Atlanta kind of has a chance to, you know, stay atop in that NL West or, sorry, NL East race. Um, White Sox and A's, I think that's going to be a big series for the uh, Oakland A's if they're going to make a push here because uh, they're starting to falter a little bit, like we mentioned. And the White Sox have pretty much locked up uh, the AL Central for themselves and then headed into the playoffs there. So, Kind of those four series kind of stuck out to me uh, to start the week of uh, uh, start this new week to starting tomorrow. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That that Blue Jays, Yankees, and the Rays, Red Sox both look really good. Um, everything sort of in division there. Mets, Mets, Marlins. The Mets have somehow the the hot without being hot. Um, they're yeah. kind of cool. Talk. They're not doing anything. Um, well, they've they've had a few runs tonight actually. Um, mm. But they've they've just had a lot of ugly wins um, and and kept themselves well and truly alive. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting week ahead, Moonaf. And in that week, there will be winners and losers, Moonaf. Yes. Uh, and we need to be amongst the winners. So, uh, picks time. Uh, how are we going to do? Do right? Do you remember what we did? Like, did we go? Lock, I think lock, you let dog, it off. Dog. Is that no, what it? Well, that's that how was we the did previous it, isn't week. It? Oh, was it? Oh shit! Yeah, that was when we had the pitching changes. <laughs> All right, forget that. Don't ever do that again. Shelve that. Um, are you want me to go? I think I let you off. go. Okay. I think my bullet. I don't think it matters, Moonaf. Frankly, um, <laughs> I think any order we are chock full of winners. Go for it. I'll, I'll, I'll lead it off. Uh, my log is going to go off tomorrow afternoon. 
Uh, I'm going to ride the hot bats of the Mets. Um, they take on the Nationals uh, tomorrow. It will be Trevor Williams versus Patrick Corbin on the mound for the Nationals. Um, I think that this Nationals uh, pitching staff is really bad. I think today was a great example where the Mets the Mets put up 13 runs against uh, the Nationals. So, um, like I said, Trevor Williams has been pretty good for the uh, for the Mets. A little shaky on the road, but uh, Williams has some historical numbers against the Nationals for this season. Nine innings pitches out, eight hits, and only three earned runs in that span. Um, but I think this is a more of a fade of Patrick Corbin, who's on the mound for the Nationals. Patrick Corbin, uh, his numbers are atrocious all across the boards. I believe his ERA is above 5.5 in almost every single split, whether it's home road, whether it's day night. So he's just been bad all across the board. Uh, he has pitched 11 innings against the Mets this season, um, allowed six earned runs in that span. The Mets are batting 275 against Corbin. So a team that we've kind of talked about all season long that's really been struggling with their bats, I think it's, it's great time right now to back them especially against uh, Patrick Corbin, who's who's really struggled against the Mets. So uh, one more tidbit that I did find for the Mets was over their last seven days, the Mets are second in batting average and their top five across the board in hits, run scored RBIs against left-handed pitching in the entire MLB, not just the National League, but the entire MLB. So uh, hopefully the bats can stay hot for the Mets tomorrow against the Nationals. And then for my dog, I think this will be a dog because they are going into Yankee Stadium, and that's going to be the Wednesday matchup between the Blue Jays uh, and the Yankees. Alec Manoa, a guy that we backed a lot of times this season against Nestor Cortez Jr. Um, you know, Blue Jays, like I said, like I said, should be a slight underdog in this game. Uh, I just like the pitching matchup that kind of favors the Blue Jays, uh, despite having a two and two record with a four point two eight ERA on the road. Uh, Manoa does have one start against the Yankees this season in Yankee Stadium. Uh, it was his first start of the season uh, back on May 27th, so I'm not sure how much we can put into that or, or take away from it. But uh, over the last seven days, the Rays are top three in most offensive categories against left-handed pitching. Um, I, I just like the spot for the Blue Jays. I think this offense right now um, – it's hot right now. We saw what they did this past weekend against the Oakland A's, and I think they should be able to get this win against the Yankees on Wednesday. So, you know, when Yankees are faltering a little bit, they lost two out of three to the Orioles, and you have a much, much better team coming in to Yankee Stadium in the Blue Jays. So uh, I think that they should be able to get to Nestor Cortez because how well they've been hitting the ball against left-handed pitching. So I'm, I'm hoping that this should be an underdog, probably around plus 110, uh, plus 105, maybe even even money. Um, but uh, those are my two picks to start the week here. So just to recap, I have the Mets money line, which is minus 120. This line has already been released against the Nationals tomorrow afternoon. And then uh, Wednesday is going to be my dog, the Blue Jays money line with Alec Manoa taking on the Yankees with Nestor Cortez on the mound for the New York Yankees. Excellent, Muna. Um, I've just been kind of following the Mets blindly quite recently. They, mm. they just seem to just keep beating the Nationals. Um, so, yeah, I've got no problem with that whatsoever. And maybe that little spat that we talked about with the fans just seems to have galvanised the, some of the hitters, particularly Lindo and Baez. A lot of the uh, the success being built on that. They, they, they 
the one-two punch of uh, VR and Brandon Nimmo were going quite well at the start. I know the, the Mets organisation like those two. Uh, Nimmo tweaked a hamstring, actually, I think, last night. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Lindon Baez has certainly livened up a little bit. Um, are you sure that Bi- sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Are you sure Baez didn't listen to our podcast because we were shitting on him in the last podcast that he kind of turned it, or he turned it around? I assume he did move off. I can't, so, I can't okay. think why he wouldn't have. Um, <laughs> I, I think we're never off in the Mets locker room. That'll be, uh, that's it. Um, the dog is a, a bit of a dodgy one only because uh, of how good Nesta Cortez has been. Nesta Cortez yeah. kind of stabilised that Yankees rotation when they really were wobbling and we didn't know who was going to step up for them because they had no starting pitching and they didn't really trade for any. Yeah. And then Nestor Cortez came in. Uh, it's kind of almost like an SP3. Uh, and he stabilised that really well. Yeah, However, we do like Alec Manoa. Yeah. Um, he's been let down a couple of times by his uh, pen. And the Blue Jays' bats are just hot at the moment. They're going to give anybody a game. Yep. Uh, so good luck with both of those. Uh, my lock moon off will go on Wednesday. And uh, he was a former darling of the podcast from early in the season, which is John Means uh, for Baltimore. Uh, against Mike Miner in Kansas City. Uh, now, Means had a great start of the season. Um, he's, he's by far the the best, probably the only pitcher on that Baltimore staff. Uh, he had a no-hitter early in the season. Then he got injured, went out for a, for a while. He's, his complete record is 5-6 and six with a 3.57 ERA. Um, he was great pre-injury. He came back in July and I don't know if they rushed him back. He was a bit rusty, um, but he did have some dodgy starts. He went for a few five and six run games. His last three starts have been much better, Munaf. He's given up seven runs on 12 hits in 17 innings innings pitched, um, which in itself is good. But then you take into account the opposition. He's he's faced the Yankees, the Braves and the Rays uh, in those three starts. So hopefully a little drop in class uh, the Royals aren't in the same class, so hopefully the, the similar level of performance coupled with that drop in class of the Royals lineup, and I think Means can give us a chance. Mike Miner is eight and twelve with a five point two five ERA, which tells you everything you need to know. Um, he has got eight wins, but the last one was on the twenty sixth of July. Um, what got me was that he's, there's a couple of red flags that just maybe he's, he's, he almost seems to be tiring towards the end of the season. He is a bit of a vet. Um, his strikeouts are down. He, there was a month in the season. Uh, I made sure I left the numbers up here because it was important. Um, so May uh, in his start, his strikeouts went 7 7 8 9 7. Um, and then even going back to uh, the end of July, start of August, were. Seven six seven seven, and then his last three starts have been four strikeouts, three strikeouts, four strikeouts. Uh, he's not going as deep into games. It's, it's five innings. Um, his whips really high. His whips up to sort of one point two, one point three in these starts. So Mike Miner's just um, struggling a bit. His whip actually on the road is one point three five, and he's given up multiple home runs in four of his last six starts. And Baltimore are capable. Uh, I've hinted out the park. We've talked about Cedric Mullins, uh, Anthony Santander, Mancini, people like that. Uh, so I do like this one. I like, I th- I like uh, John Means of the Orioles to take Mike Miner down in Kansas City on Wednesday. Uh, my dog, and I put a little question mark this. I needed your expertise, Moonaf, to tell me if this was going to be a dog or not. Uh, and it's following a trend that Scott Scott Reichel started last week. I think he took AJ Alexi of the Texas Rangers, uh, and they go up against Jaime Berea of the Angels. Yeah. Um, 
Now, we don't know much about Alexi, rookie. Uh, we've enjoyed following the trend of rookies on the first start, particularly when there's not much uh, video or stats on them from the alternate camps, as there was no minor league last year. Um, so he made his debut start last week. He only allowed one hit in five innings against Colorado. Uh, so I think you can back that up. Uh, Jaime Berea is Jaime Berea. He's 2-2, two and two, um, 5.4 ERA, so similar to the line that Mike Miner was peddling. Um, in his last four starts, he's he's pitched four innings, three innings, three innings, two innings. Uh, in that case, so if we expect maybe three, four innings best out of him, uh, and then they'll have to turn it over the Angels' pen, who are the worst in baseball. Uh, so I'll happily take Texas uh, to get one of their rare wins here with AJ Alexi against Jaime Bria of the Angels, Munaf. Yeah, just to, um, seeing some of these lines drop for tomorrow. So AJ Alexi is an underdog, and it's plus one forty. So he's a dog. Yeah. Player. Oh wow. Yeah. It's like a, finding a, money in the street, Moon. Yeah, that's a great price on uh, AJ Alexi, and I think yeah, you were right that Scott kind of led us on to uh, AJ Alexi, and you know I like the handicap there because Berea has. I mean, this was a guy that I tried to fade last week, but we had a pitching change there. But yeah. um, even if he you know gets off to a like a bad start. The bullpen is even worse, and I think that was spot on in your handicap. Um, and I think this was a great point that you made in your log that when you have some of these veteran older guys that are making this starts this late in the season, like Mike Miner is, I think those innings that he's pitched probably will catch up to him at, at some point. And I think that's something we may need to keep an eye on, or you know, our listeners don't need to keep an eye on, especially as the season progresses here in the month of September as we kind of get towards the end that if you have some of these veteran pitchers that are up there in age and they're still starting guys like maybe, you know, Mike Miner, like you mentioned, Malcolm, uh, Adam Wainwright, I think, you know, those type of guys yeah. that are elder, um, other veterans in this, in this, uh, season or, or for their age, uh, you may want to fade them because, you know, having a lot of innings under your belt, it catches up to you and it takes a, you know, that arm fatigue at some point will kick in for them. So definitely like both of your picks. And yeah, I am seeing a plus 140 on uh, AJ Alexi and the Rangers tomorrow. Excellent. Yeah, Mike Mine has pitched 152 innings now yeah, enough, for, the, for the Royals. It's got to be catching up with them a little bit. Uh, Scott Reichel sent his picks. Uh, always good to hear from Scott. Uh, and he can tell us what he alighted on now. Hey guys, Scott Reichel back here again with your lock and dog for the week. Quickly recapping how we did over the weekend. We ended up sweeping. So on a bit of a winning streak here, we'll look to continue that over the next few days. Starting with the lock on Tuesday, I like the Padres minus one and a half against the Angels. Angels have lost four of their last five road games by at least four runs. The Padres, meanwhile, have been really good at Petco Park all season long as they are 43-30 and 30 at home. Meanwhile, you have Blake Snell on the mound for San Diego, and he has been unbelievable lately. In the month of August, 36 and two-thirds innings pitched, 1.72 ERA. I think he'll pitch really well. I think San Diego should look pretty dialed in here, and I think the Angels will get blown out once again on the road. And looking at the dog on Monday, I like the Blue Jays' money line. At around plus 125, Blue Jays have won seven of their last eight games. Meanwhile, the Yankees have have lost six of their last eight games. Ryu is on the mound for Toronto. He's pitched against the Yankees three times this season. 18 innings pitched, 2.5 ERA. I think he'll pitch well in this one. Meanwhile, Jamison Tyone's pitching for New York. Last two starts, eight in the third innings, 11 earned runs. I think that the wrong team might be favored here. I think you're getting a very good price with the Blue Jays. So, once again, that's the lock and dog for the week. Let it ride. Thank you very much, Scott. Good luck with those. Uh, hopefully, you can follow us in to the winner's circle as well. Uh, so, Munaf, uh, before we go, um, I had I thought I was first in last week doing my $100,000 uh, 
uh-huh. uh, NFL contest from the SGPN app. Um, have you got your entry in yet? I have not yet. That is going to be on my to-do list to get that in for sure because um, I, 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 I have a good feeling that I may win that 100000 So uh, <laughs> uh, I'll share some with you if, if I do win. Excellent, yeah. Um, unbelievable contest. There's a couple of contests actually. Yeah. Uh, up um, involved in the the boys and and the SGPN app and website, etc. Uh, but for this contest, all you need to do is download the SGPN app, and then it could not be any easier uh, to enter the contest. Make your picks for week one, which is next Sunday night. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, so make your picks. Get them all right. Hundred grand. What's not to like? Um, yeah, free to enter. Uh, win $100,000, man. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, as for the other places, subscribe, like, uh, Apple, Spotify, etc. Uh, the 32 in 32 is coming to an end. Uh, I think the Green Bay Packers are due to come out any time soon. Our reviews for, for football. Um, all the fantasy football stuff that you need, as well as all the other sports as well. We're still, we're still doing the horse race and the college football. Um, I think the tennis has been going. Uh, there's yep. all sorts of stuff moving off. Uh, what have you been getting your teeth into this week? Yeah, I put out a uh, article, or you know, you're mentioning the 32 uh, teams preview in 32 days. Uh, the last one I did, I believe, was the Seattle Seahawks. Or no, the, was it the Baltimore Ravens that I did? Baltimore was yeah, yours. I read that, that yesterday, Muna. Yeah, and then I have uh, I, I'm wrapping up the 32 and 32 with the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers as the last one. So look out for that, and as well as all the other articles. Uh, I know the tennis channel has been popping off with the U.S. Open going on. Uh, it was the last tournament of the golf season, so those guys uh, are yes. taking a well-deserved uh, vacation. Um, Did you but- see Joaquin Neiman just decide to run round as fast as he could? Because I saw that. Yeah, I saw the guys <laughs> mentioned on the on the on the golf channel, and I uh, opened <laughs> I've never the link. Seen anything was- like it? Yeah, it's, <laughs> I think it was a course record that he got it done in an hour, it's like an hour minutes. and fifty-seven or something. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, <laughs> Maybe he had a flight to catch or he was ready for a vacation himself. Who knows? But uh, oh, yeah, that, that was so much stuff that. really appeals to me. Yeah, so much stuff going on. I mean, NFL week is here. Uh, first game kicks off on Thursday. I know some of the boys, including myself, will be out in Vegas hanging out. Oh, um, don't. Yeah, so if you're out there, come say, come hang out with us. Right. Obviously, I'll, I'll maybe buy you guys a drink. I owe a lot of guys drinks. So uh, my pockets, <laughs> will, pockets will have to be full for sure. But uh I'm excited for that. You know, get to meet a lot of guys in person. Uh, Boston Capper is going to be out there. Myself, obviously, Sean and Ryan and uh, a lot of the other guys. So looking forward to it. College football kicked off. and But we're still grinding away, putting out 6-0 and weeks for MLB. So I'm excited for the playoffs, uh, Malcolm, for baseball for sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even, yeah. Uh, Double park in the at the NFL with the MLB playoffs all the way through October. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Um so, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, thank you very much, Moonaf. It's been an absolute pleasure, as yes, always. Sir. I had loads of fun. Uh, it's a bit easier when we've gone 6-0 and as well, isn't it? Uh, rather <laughs> yeah. than sitting here having to justify how crap we were. Uh, so, thank you to all the listeners who've put up with all the crap in order to get the 6-0. Uh, we do appreciate everything. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday uh, with more shenanigans. Uh, have a good week, everybody. Good luck. And we'll see you down the road. Cheers. Cheers.